Welcome to Shofar Ronnebosch Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. We know that we just, we just hear communing in your presence this morning, not because of anything of our own doing, but because of you who gave our li- your life for us and you paid the price and we have life because of your son Jesus who died. And we just come just with eternal, eternal thankfulness that we can have that life. We come with a thankfulness just for, just for every healing you've done in, in our midst. We come in thankfulness for every deliverance you've done in our midst, the freedom you've brought in our midst, Lord God. And just so much, just, it's just like the scripture says, the thief steals, but Jesus gives life in abundance. And just every life in abundance that we've experienced in our midst as a congregation, Lord, we come and give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you just, you just continue to, to just release your goodness. And we thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that we can know you. And, and we now just bring our hearts before you, Lord God. And we, we say, oh God, we come to seek you. Come to seek your will, not our own will, but your will, Lord God. We say, Lord, Heaven, Father, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, um, sure, it's my, my first time sharing at Harvest Hope. Um, yeah, and I'm very excited. I was, I was sharing with some people this morning, ach, not this morning, in the week. I was making up a, a list of names and um, I was putting down the name and the congregation that they belong to, the church they belong to. And then I first put Shofar Rondebosch, and I was like, I can't really say that anymore. Um, and I was like, okay, Shofar Arbs, no. And then I was like, Shofar Harvest Hope. And it just had such a, like, as soon as I, I typed Shofar Harvest Hope, something in my, my spirit jumped. And it was just like, oh, my word. That's just, I, just, I could just feel it like it was of the Lord. And I just started getting so excited. So I'm, I'm just, it's just so amazing. Um, to be able to also share um, um, at this venue. Um, I've been part of many of the moves over the past seven, eight years. Um, it's been quite wild. At one stage, we even had um, the church office in our house where we were living. They had to vacate over December holidays. And then come January, okay, the next thing I saw, Raina and Matt, all of them moving in. We were, we were having church office at our house, in our lounge. They were set up there literally in our lounge at the dining room table and everything. It was pretty wild, but it was very exciting. Um, but I just, I just was thinking over this weekend, and it's incredible for me how over all the years, with I mean, we've had so many crisis moves and um, so many sort of pressure cooker moments where the Lord's really um, tested our faith, how we've always gone from strength to strength. You know, I was thinking the, the, the things that have happened um, could so easily have caused the church to shrink or to fall apart, but yet that hasn't happened. We've grown. There's this, um, uh, this hashtag going around in the athletics world at the moment, hashtag level up, and we've literally just been hashtag level up. Um, oh, I've got slides. Um, every single time, and the Lord's increased our territory every time, our influence every time. He's increased... Um, the generations. I still remember many years ago, actually, in a prayer meeting um, at our um, venue above Pick and Pay, I was praying for multiple generations because we were sort of like, there was only about a five year gap between everyone in the church at that time. 
and we are really seeing the multiple generations now. Um, so there's so much that has been contended for that is coming to pass. Um, so I want to encourage you, if you feel you've been, you've been praying, contending for someone, to keep at it, um, because we really are seeing the fruit. Um, and I think this last sort of year to, and a half has really been extra significant, um, because as you know, those that were around um, beginning of last year was when um, the Lord gave us a significant gate into the city and if you own property, you'll know that a gate is important because a gate determines access in and out. And that is the, what was called the Jamison and is now called Sarah Bartman. Yeah, um, hall up in, um, at the top of, of UCT campus. And it was a, it's a, it's a sp spiritually significant um, place in the, on the campus, but also in the city, not actually not just for the city, for, for the nation of South Africa um, as well, because of the history around it. Um, and we contended over a number of years um, for that space. And then the Lord said, okay, now I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you the gate. Um, and the students have really taken possession of that gate. And we're seeing incredible things um, happening on campus as they continue to contend in prayer for the Lord's um, promises to be fulfilled. Um, but what some of you have, who have sort of haven't been with us um, that long, might not know, is that at the same time that we started contending um, more for campus and for um, the gate at Jamison, the Lord was showing us all sorts of things, um, He was also laying on our heart um, the city. And um, a pastor, um, who's now the pastor in Durban, um, he led a group of us on um, a little mini prayer mission where we went around the city and we claimed specific gates that were entry points to Rondebosch, but also entry points to the city of Cape Town. Um, and I remember it was very early in the morning. It was very cold, and it was, it was crazy. I think it was about half past five in the morning. And we were, we were running around Cape Town with little bottles of olive oil and bags of salt. And um, we went to these specific points. We, we um, at some point, we also planted some flags at those points to claim the ground. Um, interestingly, a major place where we planted um, ground claiming flags was in Pinelands, and we've seen a huge growth in Pinelands in terms of people from the church and what's happening there. Um, another significant place is right opposite um, Westerford High School. I just I, I clicked in my mind now when we were in worship, and that's the one school where God has given us an open door, a massive open door into. Okay, so that's, I got quite excited when I, when I realized that. Anyway, so what we did that morning is we went around, and we'd go to these gates with our little bottles of oil, and we were running across the road and literally anointing across the road and basically claiming the gates and closing off the gates. And then we were also taking the salt and throwing it into the Lisbic River as a prophetic act of cleansing. Now, the Lisbic River is a significant river in Cape Town. Um, it's, it was a source for, agri for the, to water the agricultural land um, when a lot of Cape Town was still farmland, specifically over here as well. This valley, um, Reina shared before, was a very, it was the most fertile valley yeah, next to this river. Um, we did Lisbeck and Black. I don't know. I get, my geography is not as good as um, David Dix's. All right. Um, but this was the most fertile valley, actually, um, for grazing and for, for agriculture. That's why Jan van Riebeck came to, to do his farming here. Yeah? Um, and we threw the salt in. But 
the most significant of all of these was right across the road here, under the bridge um, the, of the N2, was one of the points um, where we actually went and threw the oil and the salt and we actually claimed the gate. And it was interesting because after we got um, um, Jamison um, and we took possession of that gate, um, Raina was the whole time, um, there's another gate. But we were, the whole year, there was, no one really was 100% convinced of where the other gate was that the Lord wanted to take possession of. And the gate, we knew the gate had to do with the surface, um, the people in the service, and we knew it had to do with the city. It wasn't um, to do with campus, um, but we didn't know. And at one point, there was something around Pinelands. I thought it was something down more deep south. Um, and there is actually Constantia's, um, that area is an uh, entry point where they used to, people used to come in from Hart Bay Harbor. So I'm still excited to see what's going to happen at that gate. There is something there. Yeah, and there's actually quite a migration that's hap and stuff happening down deep south, Deep River, Weinberg, Plumstead. So it's, it's very interesting when you've been part of praying the Lord's promises and prophetically moving with what he's showing. It's so amazing because you see stuff happening and you can connect the dots. So, you know, you might think, oh, I'm getting up at 5.30 in the morning. But you can then a few years later stand and like, oh, my word, I got up at 5.30 that morning and went and ran across the road with a bottle of olive oil, I'm now standing in the fruits and the results of that, of that obedience. And that 5.30 just becomes like so worth it. It's like, make it four o'clock. It's fine, Lord. If, if we can see you move, um, then, it's, then it's worth it. Um, um, where was I? We claimed the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we thought it was blind. And then, in any case, and then we actually, there was an eye on something in Pinelands. And then, all of a sudden, like, it was literally very sudden, this arrived. And we're like, okay. And I went and did my, my research, Google Maps, and the first thing that struck me, as soon as I looked at the map, I'm like, there's the gate. And then I knew in my spirit, this is it, and the Lord's going to give it to us. There wasn't even, it wasn't even a thing of stirring up faith to trust for what, because of what the Lord had been doing already all along, and he had shown he wants to give us, and we had claimed that gate. You just knew, even though in the natural it seems impossible, the Lord has gone before us, and we've asked, and he's given it to us. So now he's given it to us, and this is really level up, because this is not just a little extension of, of, of territory, this is really an entry point, a gate into the city, and he has now positioned us here as watchmen for the city to now determine, not just for Ronnebosch, but for the city of Cape Town, what is going to happen and to rule and reign. And um, um, Reino got the word right on our very first day yeah, when we were still um, in the dust. Um, awake, watchmen awake. And he spoke and, he's, and, and, and he shared that word and he prayed for us. And um, I, 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 that was no accident because we are sitting on the game. The Lord's calling us to now watch. And we have a responsibility um, to fulfill, but it's not a heavy thing. It's an exciting responsibility because he does the work. We just need to watch. Um, and, that, and, and just something interesting, that, that day, that same evening, I was actually sharing in the student service in Jamison on prayer and, um, and on the watchman awakening. So... <laughs> It's just the Lord 
is so in control and so knows what he's doing. And I think he's, he's more excited actually than we are. I think he's kind of like, guys, come, level up. <laughs> Let's get with me, move with me, okay? I'm soaring up here, the eagle, but now come, come rise with me. So I want us to look just at a scripture, a half of a scripture, just to start with, in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6. It's a lovely picture, but it's not the scripture. Okay, cool. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6. That's um, these guys, they hunt with these eagles. they in Alaska or somewhere. The second half of the verse, and we'll get later to the first half, is, and give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. I want us to go over that again. And give the Lord until he whose work? Who is not resting? Who is putting the Lord to work? We are. Okay. We are putting the Lord to work. But I, I think what you need to note there is it is the Lord that is doing the work. It is His work. Important key. All right. But it is us that is putting the Lord to work. And very important third key is we are to put him to work. We are to give him no rest. And it's okay. He doesn't get tired. It's fine. Don't feel bad. All right. He's like, come on, guys. Like, challenge me some more. All right. Until when? Until he completes his work. All right. We've been talking a bit about just a few, I want to just link a few words that just keep coming up. One is, um, we keep talking about um, the Lord builds his house. So that scripture in Psalm 127 says, um, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the sentries stand guard in vain. All right, so we know it's important that the Lord is, that the Lord is involved. Um, we also know that scripture, um, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Okay, so it's the Lord that needs to move. Um, in John 3, when um, Jesus speaks to, to Nicodemus, um, after he comes to ask him, how do I get born again? Um, the Lord says, what is human can only give birth to human life, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. All right, so we, so we know um, that there is this, this, this place where we, we, we contend, we do things, we, we have church, we have missions, but there's this place where the Lord needs to move, and by His Spirit, He causes the, the supernatural to happen. By His Spirit, He brings salvation. Okay, God never told us to go and, go and um, make people saved. He told us to make disciples. So our programs and things are very important, but there's this point where the Holy Spirit needs to come and do a work in people's lives to bring that birth. So we are fully reliant on the Lord to do, to bring revival, um, to bring change in our city, to bring new life, to bring salvation. We, we cannot do it of, of our own, all right? But we also hear see God over and over in Scripture saying the following, no one cries out to me. No one cries out to me. I see the distress of the people, but no one cries out to me. 
So the, the Lord needs to do it. The Lord is capable of doing it. And go, go read through the Old Testament over and over. The Lord's like standing ready. I want to help. I want to reach down. But no one cries out to me. All right. And that is our role. We have a responsibility to put God to work. All right. So we've been talking a lot about this rest thing and entering into the rest and rest. Okay. But rest isn't we chill, God, you chill too. Okay, rest is where we put God to work that God does the work, and we are to give him no rest. All right, the promised land, we, 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 we're talking about us, there's a lot of symbology um, that's been shared already about this river and the Jordan, us crossing the Jordan into the promised land, um, but in the promised land, um, the people didn't sit and manna fell from heaven, that was the desert, We don't want that kind of rest. In fact, he talks about the people that didn't go into the promised land as those that did not enter his rest. But in the promised land, the soil was very fertile and and the, um, the people were able to work the land to produce fruit and food for eating. And it actually says the manna stopped and they began to eat of the harvest from the land. But... What happens in the promised land is, yes, you're working the land, but the Lord supernaturally comes and brings a blessing um, on, on, on the ground, on the fruitfulness of the ground, on that harvest, that it is beyond what is naturally possible. And he takes it up to that next level, and he do, does what is not possible with man by his spirit. So it's, it's not a sitting back, but it's like putting God to work. And that's where I, I want us to actually um, just go on to the, the, the next slide, 62. There we go. Okay, now we've got the whole scripture, Isaiah 62, verse 6. Now this comes right off the go. Go later at home and go read the first part of Isaiah 62. And it's a, an incredible promise of um, restoration. Um, that's where God says, I'll give you a new name. You'll no longer be called desolate. Um, You'll now be my bride, and you'll be in a covenant love with me. So it's a beautiful promise which the Lord gives for Zion, okay? But at the end of the promise comes this little bit, and I'm going to read you the full part. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem, that they will never be silent day or night. And the New Living Translation says, they will pray day and night continually, you, you who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. And I think a lot of times what happens is we contend for the promise, the first part of that is Isaiah 62. But then we get the promise, but then we don't continue to press into the Lord and to contend until he completes his work. And you can see here, there is a, there's a role which we have in calling out to the Lord, in praying day and night to put the Lord to, to work until his promises are fulfilled. Okay, we've, we've seen it over and over again, um, revivals where there's people day and night in prayer, and they're contending, um, and the Lord shows them stuff, and they contend, and the Lord moves, and then it fizzles out, okay? Because we, we get to this point where we're like, okay, God's moved. Okay, now we carry on with our lives. 
all right? Or we create a program around it, and then we get into trying to produce out of our own. But yet we stop. We don't continue to put the Lord to work through prayer by saying, okay, Lord, come, 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 until everything that you've promised um, is fulfilled. Okay, and we get tired of praying, all right? But it's not us that's to work. It's the Lord that needs to be put to work. Um, just something interesting, um, and I think the parents will appreciate this, is the, there's only one revival um, that actually lasted more than one generation. Most of them were sort of one generation, and then it would die out because that generation understood um, the importance of praying. The Lord moved, and they continued to pray, but then they passed on. Now, the Moravian um, revival, now, you know, it was one of the really big revival. It did go wonky later, but... Um, it was one of the longest-lasting revivals, and it was the only revival where the children were present with the parents when they were praying. So they actually received impartation, and they saw what their parents were doing. So what happened was when their parents passed on, they knew this is what we need to do. We need to pray day and night and continue to contend for the fulfillment of the Lord's promises. Until, not until we've got a little piece of bread scraps here, but until we've got the full feast. All right. Okay, pigeons. Been to Trafalgar Square in London. Those fat, ugly, gray, scraggly things. They wobble you on the ground and they just eat the, the breadcrumbs that the people throw to them and they're satisfied with that. Okay. All right. But an eagle, he soars up here and he eats the good stuff. He eats the meat. Okay, but he's, he needs to work hard for that and he's tenacious and he, he'll hunt until he gets the good stuff. And we often, we satisfy with just, oh, yes, a little outpouring of the Spirit. Holy, holy. All right. Oh, look. Someone's cold, got healed. Yay. And then we go and have Sunday lunch. All right. Okay. But we need to contend for the full promise and continue. Don't be satisfied with just the breadcrumbs. Um, so where was our Moravians? Children. And so then those children, <laughs> then um, my, my heart is too full. <laughs> too full and the, the, the children then um, took over from the parents and they continued to pray and that's why it lasted more than one generation unfortunately they did not pass it on to their children alright so that was just a little interesting thing on the side okay so what are we going to do we're going to get very practical soon alright so I've got one more, a little bit more to share so I hope the band's ready um, I want you all to stand up All right, and I want you to grab someone to get a partner. Everyone get a partner? Oh, there, there's some people. Who's, who's missing someone? Two by two? All right, you, I want you guys, we're going to speak to each other. All right, and I want you, to, I want you to, to speak this to the person next to you. Where's the next slide? No, no, no. Oh, that's next, next one? All right. Are you ready? All right. You're going to speak to your friend. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll lead you. Okay. One, two, three. Watchman. Give yourself no rest. And give the Lord no rest. 
until he completes his work, until he establishes Cape Town and makes it a praise of the earth. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, guys, let's get a bit of unity going here. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go and you go after me. All right, okay, let's get some unity, you know. Following after me, speak to each other at the same time. Okay, follow after me. All right. Okay, one, two. watchman. Give yourself no rest. And give the Lord no rest. Until he completes his work. Until he completes his work. Until he establishes Cape Town. And makes her the praise of the earth. Okay, we're going again. Watchman. Give yourself no rest. And give the Lord no rest. Until he completes his work. Until he establishes South Africa. And makes her the praise of the earth. Last one. Watchman. Give yourself no rest. And give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, until he establishes Africa and makes her the praise of the earth. Is she currently the praise of the earth? So watch when you've got work to do. Sit down. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be put to we're gonna work now. We're gonna work soon. Just five more minutes, and then we go, we're gonna start working. All right. So I just want to give you three keys, just from the story of Moses and Joshua leading the Israelites out of Egypt and into the Promised Land, um, that'll help sustain you in watching. Okay. Um, the, the that that Old Testament story is a is a very nice picture of prayer because what we're really doing is when we're praying. We are leading people out of Egypt, out of captivity to the enemy, all right, out of slavery, all right, and we're then ushering them and leading them into their promised land um, with the Lord. All right, that's basically, that's basically what we're doing when, when, when we're praying. We, and we're leading Cape Town out of captivity to the, to the enemy into the promised land. We are leading in prayer South Africa out of captivity into its promised land and the promises which the Lord has spoken um, over and that he's ready to fulfill what he says, but no one cries out to me. Okay, so something very important about Joshua is he was, he was the one who eventually took over from Moses, for those that don't know, and took them across the Jordan, um, the last step out of the desert into the promised land. Um, now, if we read, um, there's a section where they talk about Moses was an assistant. Ugh, Joshua was an assistant to Moses. And it's very interesting. Um, it actually says that when Moses used to go out of the camp to tabernacle with the Lord, and that is where they said he used to go in there and God used to speak to him face to face, and he'd come out with his face all shiny. Um, it actually says in the scriptures in Exodus 33 that Moses would come out of the tent but Joshua would stay behind. It's like Joshua saw what was going on there, and he actually stayed behind 
to meet with the Lord. Joshua saw Moses' relationship with God, and he saw how Moses knew God, and he desired and hungered after that, and he pursued that. And, Mo and Joshua knew, I believe Joshua knew the God that Moses knew, and that is why he could lead the people into the promised land. Okay, because we know, we can see from Scripture that um, it was not an easy task. I mean, God had to say to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. And it wasn't because um, Joshua was a weakling, okay? I mean, he was chosen to be Moses' assistant. Moses is like, Moses is my, he's, he's like one of the greatest men in the Bible. He's like amazing, okay? But... It was a very big and scary task. I mean, imagine taking a whole nation into a place where apparently there's like enemies and giants and that that can kill you, okay? And everyone's moaning and no one's unhappy. All right, so Joshua's very afraid. And, um, but, but when God says to him, it's okay, you can, you can be brave, I'm going to go with you. Joshua knew this, when it said um, God... God says, I'll go with you. He knew who that God was that was going with him. And he had seen how God was with Moses. He had seen what um, the miracles um, he had performed through Moses. He saw how he spoke to Moses. So he, had, um, he, he, he knew that it was possible because he knew the God of the impossible, the I am who Moses knew. He knew that God. And that is why when God said, it's going to be okay, you can do this, he could do it. All right, um, there's, an in, there's an incredible um, scripture in Hosea. Can we get that scripture up? Hosea. Mm, um, yeah, 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 we're going to come back, but hoi hoi to on next, next slide. We'll come back to that slide. Are back? Yeah. Oh, that we might know the Lord, let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in the early spring. You know, we, it's so easy to, to, to give up hope and to lose faith that, that, that God can actually move and do something incredible in our city, in our nation, in our continent, if we don't know who God is. Because then what happens is, we look at the newspapers, and we all we see is disaster. All we see is hopelessness, okay? But if we look at God's Word, we see that there's a God who is able to change everything that we see that is hopeless. There's a God who is able to, in a day, turn, a, turn an entire nation around. And it's so important that we need to be constantly pursuing to know this God. Otherwise, everything else that we see around us, that we read around us, is going to cause our, our faith to, to grow dim. All right. Okay. Next point. And where do you get to know God? The Word? And spending time with Him. Um, the other, go back to the second point of Joshua. Second key, okay, the, the second key is that Joshua saw with God's eyes, okay, he had God's vision. Um, everyone else who went in to scout the promised land came, came back and they saw the giants and are going to kill them. And they're like, are you mad? Are you crazy? Okay, 
Um, but Joshua and Caleb, they go in and they, they come back and they're like, guys, the ground is so fertile. Yeah, we can grow stuff. We can grow millies and we can grow grapes and, and we, can, um, we can build houses and there's water flowing. We don't need to hit rocks anymore and things like that. This place is amazing. They saw the prophecy in a sense. Okay, they saw what God was showing them. They saw the promise that God was showing them. Okay, everyone else just saw, just saw the giants. All right, and it's like that. We need to, that's why we need to have, have the word next to our News 24. All right, so that when we read, we're going to die. It's all over. There's going to be a civil war. But my God, the economy is going to ruin but my God. And we need to be seeing through the lens of God's word and who God says he is and what he's able to, able to do. And, and Joshua saw through that lens of who his God was, who he knew his God to be. And that's why he could see the potential and the possibility um, before him. And then the third one, and the band can get ready. We're going to go up in any moment now. All right. The priests went ahead and stood till the end. So when it came to that final moment of them crossing through the Jordan, there was this very significant thing God um, instructed. And that was that the priests, and who are the priests today? I have made you a royal priesthood. I've made you a nation of kings and priests. You, us. The priests went with the Ark of the Covenant. They went with the Lord's presence ahead of the people. They prepared the way. And how do we do that today? Through prayer, we prepare the way for the people to cross over. Okay? And then, very importantly, they stood until everyone has passed through. So they didn't kind of go and then a few had passed through and they're like, oh, okay, this is like a... And then, they, and then they, they carried on. They stood. Remember that scripture earlier? Give the Lord no rest until he completes his work. They stood day and night in prayer until every last Israelite had crossed over. And then they followed with the presence of the Lord. They continued to pray for what was to happen in the promised land. All right, so you need to know who your God is. You need to ask the Lord to, to help you to see with his eyes what is the potential, what does he want to come and do. And we need to go ahead as priests and bring the nation before the Lord and continue to stand until all the promises are fulfilled, till everyone has passed through into that promised land. There's a scripture, um, you can throw up Ezekiel, that um, has been shared over and over again, um, and aspects of it, um, and I shared about it the last time before we were just about to come over here, when I was sharing on prayer um, at our, at our, in Rondebosch, um, and it it's really is something that it's just, components of it actually came up last week um, in, the, in the word which Angela gave. And I want us just to read through it together. It kind of 
falls off the bottom there a little bit, but that's okay. All right, maybe I can just get it on my phone, yeah? Ezekiel 47, eh? All right. Then he said to me, um, Ezekiel, ah, verse 8. Just the last bit falls off. All right. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The water of the stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be, living, there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. No, man, you're faster than me now. How does it Thanks, Hardis. Hardis is amazing, guys. He put up all of, he put up all of that. Um, fishermen will stand. I was like, I was like, I didn't type out all my scriptures like I normally do, and I was actually at home this week. And I was like, Oh, I hope Hardis is is on it, and I know he will be. And I was like, Okay, I have faith in Hardis. Um, fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way from Engedi to Eneglaim. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they will fill the Mediterranean. Fruit trees of all kinds will... Oh, both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, well, they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. And this is a promise God is, has been speaking about in terms of this place and this property and in terms of that water flowing into the city. And we can see there that abundance, that healing, that provision, that restoration. Um, and if you, if you follow the transformations um, happening around the world where people have prayed, you'll um, and, and um, areas and cities and countries have, have turned around, you'll see that what happens is not just people coming to salvation, but the entire marketplace is affected. Um, it's incredible. You actually read of stories where um, there were fruit trees, fruit trees that weren't producing anything, and now they're producing too much fruit. Um, there was an area in Fiji where there was like nothing in the ocean, and it was all fruit, you know, um, but the ocean revived, and now it's just like teeming with, with, with sea life. So even the, the natural land and the agriculture um, responds. The businesses begin to flourish. Um, schools begin to flourish. In, the entire marketplace, which is the government, the education sector, and business of the city, begins to flourish as these living waters. And where are the living waters? In your, okay. I'll be in you a wellspring of water that flows out, begins to flow and begins to be released through, through people declaring God's word, through worship, through people praying, and that, and that river flows, and it begins to impact every single area of the city. And the Lord's spoken about this place being such a place that really impacts all areas of the marketplace um, in our city. But we have a responsibility to put God to work to see that happen. Okay, so that's what we're going to do now. I want, can you get the band? So we're going to work. I just want to um, 
have that. You can just do the next slide. I think said Isaiah scripture. We can all stand. Let's just read that scripture again. So what we're going to do is we're going to, oh, that we might know the Lord, let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in early spring. I want us to, we're just going to sing one song. It's really, um, it says we enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. And let's really press in to like, Lord, while you're worshiping, just press in and lift up to where he is. Lift up from pigeon up to where he's soaring as an eagle. Say, Lord, show me who you are. Lord, show me what you see when you look at the city. Okay, so don't just sing the song. As you're singing, press in and enter into that place where you're where you, up there where God is, where the eagle is soaring. Lift up, rise up, and then from that place, I'm going to lead us and we're going to begin to pray. All right, are you guys ready to work? Okay, all right, so we're just going to do one song really, let's soar, and then, and then I'll lead us from there.